0: I'm your girl, Latoya Francis, and you're listening to the On My Soapbox podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the On My Soapbox podcast. The place where I come to be unfiltered and unadulterated on matters that might not be popular or might even bring some opposition, but this is my soapbox and these are the things I'm passionate about. Reflecting on the past year and the various conversations I've had with friends and family members coming out of it, It became abundantly clear to me that we all have experienced perspective shifts in various areas of our lives. Over the coming weeks, I would like to invite you to join me on the journey of having intimate conversations with women I love and respect from all around the world and from all walks of life, all sharing the various lessons and perspective shifts they have experienced in the last year or up to this point in their lives. This series is called The Perspectives Project. For each podcast episode, there will be an accompanying article posted on the francisthedreamer.com website that further shares our guest's journey. Today, I'm speaking with the one and only Amy Claire Patterson, AKA Miss Make It Happen. And I'll say more about this in a minute. So, Amy Claire Patterson, who is she? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. I am a wife. I am, uh, I work for a nonprofit and I love my work. I love people. And just, I love just, I don't know. I just really enjoy life and being with other people and experiencing new things. And even I think about, I have my little Instagram account and it's about flavors, right? There's flavors and food. I love food. I love travel. I love people. And so just experiencing all the things. I think that kind of sums me up in a nutshell. I'm pretty ambitious, hard worker, but yeah, just that's a little bit about me. (laughs) Yes.
0: Let me tell you about Amy Claire Patterson. So I feel like Amy was one of, I guess, one of the persons that confirmed to me that me going to Anderson university was a God thing. So I chose Anderson university because it had an AUEA program not realizing that when I got there, I would be connected to Amy, what seems now like maybe a life connection because I met her first in 2009, 2010. And we have kept in contact over the years, no matter where life has taken us. And through that program, I felt like God, because like, they, they assigned different girls. So the AUEA program was a program where it was almost like a beauty pageant type thing, but then it like had, though. <laughs> yeah, but like it had like a, a a social side of it where like you had to choose a project and really represent that project well. And then it was like a whole voting and then you know you get selected. So throughout that process, they would pair you with like a mentor figure. And Amy was my mentor for that program. And of course, make it happen, we came one on top. <laughs> Listen, since I've met her, like in any season of her life, I feel like any project that she's working on, it is clear that no matter how challenging that project is, no matter what is going on, somehow God seemed to always give her the grace to make it happen. So for me, that's where the nickname comes from, was <laughs> to make it happen. She did indicate that she works for a nonprofit, but even in her saying that, I think I want to dig a bit deeper into that in this interview so you guys can see that she's being a bit modest, but we're going to talk some more about that. So Amy, where in the world are you now?
1: Yeah, I'm in the greater Indianapolis area in the United States. Nice. So so in this interview, we have another U.S. massive coming
0: through on the podcast. Before I get into your actual essay, tell us a little bit more about what you do.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Sorry, I was like, I guess when I shared about me, I was just like, oh, I'm fine. I'm like, I don't know. My work definitely, I mean, it's a ministry. I love it. So basically, I kind of have two roles simultaneously. I work for World Vision, which is the largest Christian humanitarian organization on the planet. Oh. We work in about a 100 countries around the world, um, largest non governmental provider of clean water, largest food aid provider on the planet. And I get the privilege of working with the church and I'm a PK, I'm a pastor's kid and I love the church. And so it's just such an honor to get to work with the church and kind of connect them to what we're doing around the world. And it's very dual transformation. So we have different experiences for the local church that they can kind of step into and see their people be transformed and grow in their walk with Jesus while also a community is being transformed and they're getting clean water and learning about the living water at the same time. And so I actually, I don't think you even knew the second part Latoya. So I've been working mostly in the Indianapolis area, but I literally just started working in Iowa as well. I'm from Iowa originally. And so I've just started conversations with churches out there because I just love talking to churches and walking them through these experiences. So that's kind of like, the one side of my role and then the second side is I'm actually the Team World Vision India Area Director. So I basically invite people to take on half and full marathons for clean water. In the middle of the pandemic, we saw way less people sign up than ever before, but God just like blew my socks off last year. So we had about 300 people, but we raised a half a million dollars, which what? just like, I'm still like, I don't know how God did that. I don't know. I mean, the race was canceled. I mean, how does that happen? You don't have a race, you put on your own race and God just like rocks our world in just such an amazing way. So it's fun too, because I say I'm inviting people to do these half and full marathons, but like most of us, you would never call us runners. Like my mom's like, you're the last one, last person out of my four <laughs> girls that would ever run like for anything, especially like that far. That's not your thing. You're not the athlete. And so like my best friends now are like in their fifties and sixties and they're like rocking their first half and full marathons. And it's just like, these people inspire me. And uh, yeah. So that's a little bit about what I get to do at World Vision. And I just love it. (laughs)
0: Listen, like even hearing this, like I knew some of it before I didn't know about the Iowa part, but man, I don't think that there's a time where we link up or we connect where I'm just like, not like mind blown, feeling inspired, being like, God, you've done it for others. Like what's next? Like, I'm excited, like excited about possibilities, excited about God being who he says he is faithful is his
1: name. And so, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And. ah. Uh, yeah. Before before you go forward, though, I do want to remind you, you know that my journey was not like this. It took like almost a decade before God like made this all make sense after AUEA. It felt like I was in the desert for the longest time. It's like, what do you want me to do with this passion, God? Like, what am I doing? So it is true that God shows up and he can do more than you could ever ask, dream or imagine. But that journey doesn't look that simple on the surface value. It's like, cool, but it was a long journey. We know.
0: (laughs) Well, well, maybe we need to do another podcast. It's talking about the journey and the lessons from that journey, (laughs) by the way, this is going, but to jump back into the essay, if you had to give your
1: perspective
0: shift or lesson learned a title, what would it be?
1: Yeah. I had to really think about this and I think where I kind of landing. is just this idea of honoring God with my model, my moments, and seeing mountains move. So I think that's kind of where the shift lands.
0: Listen, (sighs) preach, 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 preach. I love it. I loved your essay. And in it, I really liked the perspective you had on the three unique ways that you believe people responded to the pandemic. So I like how you shared also that these three ways could either or they had the possibility of either being choices or immediate responses based on the circumstances that we were all experiencing at the time. Can you walk us through those three ways that you perceived how people actually experience a pandemic?
1: Yeah. So one is paralysis, just being so stunned, you can't do anything. Another one is just fleeing, right? Trying to get out as far away from this situation and like yes. ignore it. And then the other one is rising to the occasion, which I think was actually most of the time there was tons of problems and barriers and it was just opportunities to solve them. So it's kind of the idea of paralysis, fleeing or rising to the occasion.
0: And which of these three would you say was your response during the pandemic? And why
1: do you think that was your response? So I definitely responded at different moments in all three ways. I will completely admit that, but I'd say the place that I leaned the most was rising to the occasion. Like I was so energized by just the idea of any little problem. And then like you start to like find solutions to the problem. Mm -hmm. It just spurs the ideas and ideas and ideas. And it's just like a constant, like my head was spinning, but like in a good way.
0: (laughs) Nice. and. You said, you know, rising to the occasion, finding solutions. Can you share a bit about how, because sometimes that could be a bit unhealthy because we might busy ourselves, be so caught up with trying to be busy and not actually processing what we're going through? Was there any ways, or how did you ensure that the way that you processed it was a healthy way and not just busying yourself for busying's sake?
1: Yeah. I feel like I had to go all the way down and hit rock bottom to learn it. (laughs) Maybe I'm just bullheaded. I don't know if I really confess this to too many people, which maybe I shouldn't confess (laughs) on your soapbox. But you know what? Why not, right? (laughs) So... I think the moment where I started to realize like, whoa, I have my perspective in my head way out of whack. So basically I was getting ready to invite people at a church to step into this journey to run a half or full marathon for clean water. And I have colleagues that do that across the country, Mm -hmm. but I was the only one that was in a church building because Indiana was the only state at that time that was open. And normally we hand out papers, we hand out pens, we like do this whole thing. And then we collect it. And it's like, we can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was asked, what are you going to do about it? And I didn't have any ideas. I was getting ready to go down, be at that church. There was an event pre the church. It's my husband, my 10th anniversary. So I'm supposed to be off, right? So 10th anniversary it's a Friday, I'm going to head to my friend's house like that night to be there for the church weekend. And instead of spending quality time with your husband of 10 years, I find myself sitting in the yard in a lawn chair while my husband's power washing the house, like trying to solve this problem. Like seriously, who does that? like me, yeah. not like proud of that moment. Mm-hmm. My husband had so much grace for it, but it was like this whole, like, and I did solve it. And I came up with a great solution like a solution they're still using right now. And it's like, yeah. look at what I just created. And then it's like, Oh, but at what expense that was like a horrible, yeah. horrible trade-off. Like you don't trade off your 10 year anniversary to innovate something for work and like sit outside in a lawn chair and like have your husband power wash the house as you work on your laptop outside. Like that was totally nuts. And I'll be honest too. When I was at that church that weekend, I wasn't as prepared. I was like a little scattered and that pastor had a ton of grace and kind of was like, Hey, there's something going on. This is not what I normally expect. And it was just like this whole moment of like, ugh. I just let down everyone. I didn't let down one person. I let down everyone. And I just was like, God, where do I go from here? <laughs> mm. So what was the result? like? Yeah. So usually when I get to moments like that, it's like, Jesus and I need to have a very serious talk. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah,
0: I feel you on that one, man.
1: Like, I just was like, oof. So basically, I ended up, and I might actually open this scripture just so I can kind of read this out loud. Yeah, mine, um, of course. Because I think it's helpful. It was so interesting. I really feel like different people hear from God in different ways. There are some people that are seers and they actually like see images and God gives them images. Yeah. Like, I'm not a visual person at all. Like, if yeah. you asked me what color someone's hair was after having a conversation with them, I'd be like, no idea. Like, so obviously God isn't going to use that for me. Right. But there's some people too, that hear. they might have an auditory like response that they hear it for me. It's a no, like I know, I know in my spirit. And so God speaks to me through like knowing I've heard one person call it being like a knower, which is a weird thing, especially like with the concept of know it all, but like, (laughs) it's a good thing folks. (laughs) So (laughs) let me pull up where, where God kind of led me. So he led me to John 15, five, and it says, yes, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like useless branch and withers. And I'm just going to kind of stop there because I like, sometimes I just feel called to really dig in deeper and learn more about all of that and. I started looking into vines and like how you produce grapes. I feel like sometimes God just like look into this, like start researching this. And so when I was looking into this, Mm -hmm. what I was learning is that for like a plant, a vine to produce good fruit for good wine, you actually need to prune it. And if you just let the new growth and all these different things go wild, like you cannot produce good fruit. And in fact, by not cutting off what you need to cut off, even if it seems like a good thing, it seems like a good growth. You're actually diminishing the fruit that is produced because if you don't prune it back, the energy and the nutrients are going in all these different scattered places, Mm -hmm. but you need to strategically get it channeled into like the specific fruit. That's then going to be really sweet, great fruit. And so he kind of spoke to me in that. And it's something that I've always struggled with. And we were talking, I think, before we recorded about like, I get bored. It's like, I want to go in all these directions and I want to do all these fun yeah. things. It's like, no, I need to think about this differently. And so there was like these three kind of responses that I really felt like God was calling me to. The first one was abide in God. He said, I need to make him my top priority. He needs to be my source of both discernment um, and like just everything, right? He needs to be my source. And especially in harsh seasons, like you think about wines and how the climates like impact them. And it's like, you have to keep the vine healthy. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, you're not going to do that, especially if you're not like staying with the vine, if you're getting too far out. And then the second part is just like the idea of living this God-given identity that I'm a child of God. You're a child of God and recognizing I think this has always been a struggle for me that I'm enough, right? Yeah. Like I constantly want to earn and do more and whatever. And it's like, no, I need to just stop. I need to stop trying to earn my worth and mm. recognize that he's chosen me and he loves me as me and I am enough. So yeah. that's like the second point. And then the third one was I need to learn how to model my leadership, which gets back to my honoring in the model, right? Honoring my leadership after the life that would be the vine, not letting these ambitions get unruly and create poor fruit. This means being strategic of what needs to be cut off, when it needs to be cut off, what I let grow, what I don't let grow. And I just need to make sure that I'm doing that because if not, it's not just like the branches that I have going on that's suffering. It's actually the other branches in the other fruit. That means my colleagues, my friends, that means if I let my stuff get out of whack, it's actually making their fruit suffer. And that was like a whole like, Good whoa. Gems. So that is kind of my moment. I mean, I'll say, I feel like this was a total revelation for me, mm-hmm. but I don't have it perfect. And I keep struggling <laughs> with this. So I want to totally confess that as well, but I'm going to let you oh. respond to that. But... <laughs> Listen, like
0: hearing that to me is just like confirmation on confirmation. As far as even again, being open and transparent in a therapist session today, I realized I had this specific trigger that showed up not only in family relationships, but also in work relationships. And when it showed up, I realized that it kind of almost made me want to act out a character. Like, when this trigger happens, I get so angry. Like, yeah. But when we were working through it, I realized that it came from this, like, I guess you could say the root cause of this response was a feeling like you're not enough, right? Or when that comes into question, this feeling of I'm not enough. And when she, like, you know, as we're working through it, I was like, Then I started to get a bit like, in the moment, I felt myself kind of saying, but God, I feel like we worked this out already. Like, I already know I'm enough, not because it has anything to do with me, but because of who you created me to be. But the fact that I was still somehow struggling with that, well, like made me feel like, well, maybe maybe I didn't didn't fully get over that. So going back to what you said just now is like, these are, and even in therapy, like what my counselor mentioned to me, she said was, or my therapist mentioned to me, she said, Just because you have a thought that wants to pop up and to suggest that maybe you haven't learned the lesson, she's like, the core of who you are doesn't change. The core of who you are doesn't change. So it's you realizing that thought, kind of living with it, making space for it, and then correcting it and letting Mm -hmm. it know actually. And the crazy thing is, is that my therapist, she isn't a Christian, so to speak, but it's amazing how much spiritual downloads I feel like God gives me in that moment of when I create space and I'm intentional about not allowing past trauma to kind of keep me closeted in but to really try to become that true me that he created me to be so hearing you say those three things like and even just the analogy of the vine and what you said about the pruning is necessary not only because I want to bring forth fruit but my pruning is necessary so the people around me can bear fruit too yes It's like that bigger vision of it's more than me. It's bigger than me. And like, I think even just in my personal walk right now, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I feel like where I'm at in my personal walk right now is if I can't see how the bigger picture works, or if I can't see how this is going to be more than just me doing something and my name being stamped on something, then I don't want any parts of it because I don't believe that that's what God's called me to. I feel like God has called me to make his name great to bring glory on it to his name. And that sometimes mean that when you're doing that, like, you get no honor from that. You get no recognition from that. It mm-hmm. has to be about him. So yeah. I don't know if you have anything to add to that.
1: Yeah. I do want to share one thought when you were mm-hmm. mentioning about this idea of this lesson and learning the lesson enough. And honestly, I, I like grumble. My dad's a retired pastor. He's like mm-hmm. one of my mentors and So him and I will have a talk and I'll be like, dad, seriously, I've learned this lesson. (laughs) Why am I learning this lesson again? Again. I know how it goes and I got it. And I don't know why I'm doing this. And his response was, you're not learning the lesson again. God's giving you an opportunity to apply the lesson you've already learned. Learned. And it's like, okay, dad, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that type of person. This is the type of perspective shift I'm talking about. Like, (laughs) that perspective is fire.
1: Shout out to that like laying that down. And I feel like, too, like, as I was, like, trying to keep this to 800 words, I was like, I could have a perspective shift for every single month of 2020. (laughs) Like, I seriously, like... (laughs) Talk about it.
0: Talk about it. I'm here for it but like listen <laughs> fox big Fox.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean so I like think about those three movements but I think like kind of for me that next shift was actually I kind of mentioned it in the essay was listening to a podcast one of those two where it's like if you hear a really good podcast I don't know. Maybe I'm just like slow to absorb, but I'll listen to it like four or five times over like a few months. So it's like, I really want to get this. Like, this is good. I need to listen to this a few more times. And so I think I'd heard this at least two or three times, but it just all of a sudden rung. And it was, he said, balance isn't the goal. Faithfulness is the goal. Being faithful to do the most important things in this season of life. And just because you say no now doesn't mean no forever. It just means no for this season of life. And it reminded me of the power of the moments that we have. Like, we just have to be faithful with the moment ahead of us to honor God in those moments. Because like, if we start like trying to just, I don't know, think about what was, if we get wrapped up in the past, if we get wrapped up of our hopes of the future, and we don't live in the moments and honoring God in the moments, then like, you're just going to miss, you're going to miss what God's doing right in front of you. And there was so many moments that I'd have an accomplishment or I have something happen. And I like compared to a year prior. And it's like, well, this is compared to a year ago, right? This is nothing. And then I'm like, no, this is God moving in a miraculous way and shame on me for being so fickle to not see it. Like if I just sit in the moment If I just listen, if I just look at what he's doing, it is amazing. And I want to live in that moment, but I can't even live in that moment if I'm not faithful with the moment, if I'm living in the past or I'm living in some hope of the future, but I just got to be here. (laughs) Amy, Amy, Amy,
0: Amy. So like when you talked about just now this idea of, and let me know if I understood it right, but this is how I heard it. If you want God to use you or if you want to see what God is doing in your life, like you can't keep living in the past or even in the future. You need need to be present. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Amy, when I tell you word for word, this is like the exercises I went through today. Like, again, she's reminding me because what I found myself doing even in that session was I would be trying to fix. But wait, just like your dad said, I feel like I've learned this like what caused me not to learn, like, not to learn it? Like, where did I drop the ball in the past? Like, she's looking at me. She's like, okay, what's happening? Walk me through this. And when I said it, she's like, got you. You need to stay, like, we can't worry about what happened in the past, what happened in the future. Just us enjoy this moment now. How are you feeling in this moment now? What is to be done by you in this moment now? And I feel like every time she asks me that question, my go-to place is Holy Spirit. What do you want me to learn? Like, you know what are you saying to me? And like your dad said, now my language, now my approach to it is not going to be, I thought I learned this lesson before. I feel like after having this conversation with you, my approach is going to be, okay, God, how are you wanting me to apply (laughs) what we learned prior? How do I apply this? One of my next questions is, and I feel like you've already given a ton load of advice because there's tons of gems that was dropped while you're speaking but in case you have any more gems that you want to drop on the people what advice would you give to someone who may be having a hard time maneuvering through either choices that they've made like those three unique ways that you said that you feel like people you know respond to the pandemic or maybe the innate habits that people have just had and the pandemic just made those a bit more exacerbated like what advice would you give them to say how do they maneuver that yeah if you need to give them you know your two
1: cents well, and also I just want to recognize, because I don't think I did a good enough job recognizing this before, because it's like, oh, these ideas are great in theory, but you don't know what I'm going through. Okay, y'all, Fuck. this was a hard <laughs> year, <laughs> like yes, it was. seriously, like I'm so close with my sisters. I have not seen my sisters in 12 months. I've seen my parents twice in the last year, and I have not been able to hug them. Like, this is like how separated and I've had like best friends go through really hard things as I can't be there. And like, just I'm an extrovert, like being alone at home when my husband's at work and then he's an introvert, like it has been a tough season. Like that stuff does make me weak, right? Like it makes me just feel like I can't do anything and like the things that I was like setting out to accomplish, even in my work this season, they were just totally impossible. It's like, how on earth, like, how are we going to raise money in the middle of a pandemic pandemic, when there's a race that we're supposed to be doing that's canceled? And I don't even know what I'm going to have to do to like pull this off, or if it's going to like, the plug's going to get pulled at the last minute. Like, I don't know. There's so many unknowns. But I think for me, I think we're going to end on this, but I'm just going to like run right into it. Like, I think as I was in those moments, I just am continuing to go back to second Corinthians 12, nine and 10, which in summation, it's basically the idea of when I'm weak, then I'm strong because Christ's power works best in my weakness. And so like this whole season, It's not just out the window. It's an opportunity to step into God's glory and see him show up and just blow you away. And so like, just remember, you don't have to do this alone. You don't need to try to do this in your own strength. If you do, you're going to end up working on your anniversary, innovating (laughs) some silly little thing, like being, I don't know, just like totally not with your priorities in line. Right. But God does so many amazing things leaning Mm -hmm. on his strength. And so I just want to encourage you, if you don't have the strength to get off the couch, because let me tell you, there were moments during the (laughs) pandemic (laughs) that my husband would come home from work and I was off and he's like, did you move today? (laughs) I'm not sure if you moved, like, right? (laughs) Or like my husband will be like, did you seriously just eat three brownies? I'm like, leave me alone. I did just (laughs) eat three brownies, right? Yes. but if we lean on God if we can lean on him even in the small things how much even more can we lean on him you know sometimes it's like we think of just leaning on him in the big things but we can lean on him in the small things and yeah sorry I'm just gonna pause and just let you nope. respond to that
0: <laughs> no listen Amy like ah, when I am weak then I am strong I definitely think that, and knowing that the strength that we speak of, we don't speak of self made strength. We all speak of strength that we drum up in ourselves because somehow we have it on our own. The strength that we're talking about is that power that Christ gives us. Like I've been meditating on John 1 4 for a couple of days. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And I'm still not sure exactly what that kaboom. You know, that he's given me through that, but the fact that in Christ is where we find life, Mm. right? Yes, um, and so for me, I've just been meditating on that. And so, when we talk about strength here, the verse that that Amy just shared from Second Corinthians 12 9 to 10, we're talking about that strength that comes from knowing Christ, that ability to overcome that is found in the one and only Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so, Amy. I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your journey, your story with us this way. And for the amazing essay that you've written, I feel like we went deep, but I still feel like when people read it, they're going to have nice little tidbits that they can take away, like applicable knowledge, because that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is knowledge applied. And I feel like in your essay, there's tons of that. And so I'm super excited about people listening to this podcast and going to the website, reading that and interacting with that, that work. We would also love to hear from you. Which of the three ways that Amy shared would you most relate to? Leave a comment below the article and we can interact and engage that way. Be sure to check out Amy's article on francisanddreamer.com. And you can also find her on Instagram and her handle is flavors underscore by ACP. Uh, Give her a follow show her some love interact with it like i'm telling you my life is better having known amy also the podcast with her telling us a little bit about her journey might need to happen and it will happen i know it will happen because just a little sleepy amy weren't you working in the music business at some point yep (laughs) that's all say nothing say nothing more we're coming back to that. So (laughs) imagine that like from the music business to working for, you said the largest Christian aid organization. Humanitarian organization. Yeah. On the planet. Humanitarian. And then there was also a stat where you said about food.
1: Yeah. Largest non-governmental clean water provider and largest food aid provider on the planet. Say
0: less. Imagine from music to that. That definitely needs to be a story and a podcast episode and it will be. Again, Amy, thank you so much for taking time out to speak with us today. I loved it. And I know our listeners will love it too.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, Latoya. I just love getting to have these conversations with you. I just feel like it's so life-giving every time we have them. And you inspire me too. And it's just so much fun. And I hope people also laugh. Like, got <laughs> good nuggets, but like, I like to laugh. So I yes. hope you got some chuckles along the way. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to the On My Soapbox podcast. I'm your girl, LaToya Francis. Until next time, stand for something or fall for anything.